Hello, this is Robin Wright, Editor-in-Chief, Phil Mottomy. Uh, this podcast, number 103, is, is going to be like none of the other ones we've done so far. I'll be joined by my awards editor, Doug Jameson. And in spirit, we'll be joined also by Jonathan Holmes, uh, a friend and a film critic and a, and a, a presence that we lost on November the 22nd for his sad passing um, we would like to honour him and pay a tribute to him and just talk about him today um, celebrate him I suppose it's a really sad loss for, for us and many of his f- friends on film twitter or you know the, the San Diego Padres twitter and all of his family and friends so Please do listen and uh, join us in paying our respects to to the great man that we lost, uh, far too young. Uh, one of the great ones, uh, Jonathan Holmes. Mr. Brown, this is for you. I remember uh, being a fan of uh, movies for as long as I can remember, even going back to when I was a boy. And uh, probably one of my favorite uh, experiences has always always been uh, the midnight 12.01 a.m. screenings that I would attend with my mom and and it was always a great time. You know, the energy was just always just so infectious. Uh, uh, you know, people were excited to see this one movie or another. Uh, we would, it would, I mean, just being there, the first people to actually see it before anyone else that night, before opening night. It was just, it's always just been a good, good time. And, uh, that's probably one of my favorite memories uh, of me in the movies growing up. But my own relationship with him was, he always called me boss. And he always like <laughs> had that respect, though, you know. But, mm, I, but mm. I, I never really wanted that. I'm not... Yeah. I wasn't paying him, but... Um, but I liked that about him, that he would, and he would call me fearless leader on Twitter, and it kind of <laughs> make you feel, you know, even if your Twitter's like the place you don't go to if you if you want to be cheered up. But yeah, sometimes you don't feel like you have a status. I'm sure you do as a writer. Sometimes you're like, what is the point of this? And yeah, it's just things like that that makes you think. Well, actually, yeah, I've got a team, and so it used to be good for that. But also, he was, he didn't. He was a friend as well. He wasn't just like he was an employee, and he mm-hmm. had to be careful what he said. Um, and I know I always like to it cancel last minute, you know, podcasts, and I'd be like, "Oh, good, Jonathan." It became a bit of a sort of running joke. Um, but but his reasons, and I think back now, and his reasons were always good. You know, like his mum said, "Let's go for dinner," or his dad wanted to yeah. do something. You know, at the mm. time, you don't really... You're just like, oh, well, the podcast, you, you know, you're letting us down. But 
but he's not really. He's you know he's doing something for someone else. Uh, I mean, what what did you make of him generally? Like, when did you first get to know him? Was it just was it through the website or? Yeah, I think so. I I think we might have we might have been following each other before that, and then I can remember. I think the first podcast I did with him was it wasn't my very first one. It was maybe two or three into it, and. I, I actually went, I was trying to find the, the first podcast we were on together and I found the first ones that I did and I sound like a different person because I, I had never podcasted before <laughs> so I was obviously quite nervous and, and didn't really know what to make of it and then the the first podcast I was on with Jonathan it was like, wow, I, I really need to up my game like because he he came to it with, like he was completely himself and I think in the first podcast that I did, I was kind of a bit reserved and and not not wanting to sound too too passionate about things or too too crazy. And yet, then I come on a podcast with him, and he was just a completely authentic. And his passion and excitement for things came through in every podcast he was a part of. And so I, he kind of influenced me in that way. That okay, this is how you're supposed to be in a podcast. Like you're just supposed to be yourself. If you're excited about something, if you're passionate about something, go for it. Like, don't hold back. Don't, don't be, don't try and, you know, be a persona or a character. Just be yourself. And that shone through in everything that he did, whether it was the podcasting or writing or tweeting. He was just himself. And his passion for, for film was just kind of infectious, like in that way that he just, he loved talking about movies. And, and I mean, that's what, what brings us all together um and that that is so endearing and and he knew what he loved he knew what he didn't and he was always happy to talk about it It's a good point you make about the being himself because of what you say about you notice yourself, don't you? I mean, I don't notice that you were nervous. You know, I maybe thought the same about you when we first started speaking that you would, you tend to, this is not a criticism, you tend to speak a lot and you have a lot to say yeah. and you're very elaborate. You know, and I'm, I remember mm. thinking, oh, well, Jesus, I'm not going to be on the podcast anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I think you do do that. But then, I mean, Bianca said to me the other day, like, you're. Your knowledge of film is, is, is incredible. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you're kind of <laughs> humble, aren't you? And I don't know if Jonathan was like that, but it didn't come across. And he, thank God the podcast was not for children because he swore yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, it, but it wasn't like I had to bleep it out. It was just that, no. like, you talk about that passion. Yeah. You use swear words in a certain way. If you, you know, you use them derogatory or you can use them mm. to, to show emphasis. Yes, mm. uh, and he did that. Mm. I mean, and we always used to laugh, especially in the, in the early ones. Were I think because the people like Daniel was on it. I think and Joel, Al Robinson. You know, their mm. their first podcast, they would laugh because probably they're not. We are. We you're right. We all kind of right, I'm going to be. I'm going to speak like this on the podcast. I'm going to put my professional voice. But he was just himself, yes. and that we thought that was funny. But yeah. maybe we should all learn from that. Perhaps I don't. You know. I crash in the, the King's Beach. Oh. Again, oh. the reason why I want to punch 2010 in the face. God.
again, yeah. Uh, thanks, hey Robin. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for that one, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Listen. Um, one thing I will say as well is he his emails. He'd always generally was always late. Tardiness was kind of a, a, a talent for him, like. But he'd always apologize. <laughs> Every everything yeah. he said was like, oh, "Sorry, it's late. This is the reason." And obviously, when he when he announced that he was ill with, with his kidneys and that he had to do the dialysis and he was um, in and out of hospital, he, he would apologize for that as well. And I just, yeah, just I used yeah. to say to him, "Don't be silly, man." Just mm. it was, uh, and he and he never bitched and moaned about it. You never no. would have guessed he was ill. And no. all the stuff that went on. I mean, I don't want to get too into it. It's personal, I suppose, to friends and friends and family. But the, the stuff he medication and the stuff he had to go through, you wouldn't have guessed. And he still come on the podcast, and he was always messaging yeah. me saying, "When can we do another podcast? Tell Doug, you know, he <laughs> tag you." You would never know he was ill. It no, was, it was I, amazing. I think that that was why, with, with me putting that tweet out, I think quite a lot of people had no idea he was even ill like unless you i know recently he'd obviously been sharing some of that news but i i, I suppose a lot of people may have missed those tweets and not necessarily seen it so yeah. to hear of his passing i think a lot a lot of people were just stunned because they he just didn't didn't give any indication he didn't it didn't you know affect his uh sort of uh, vitality and his personality and his work and 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 being on podcasts and things you'd have no idea all that stuff was going on because I guess this was his escape from all that, that he put, he put all that aside for, you know, an hour to do a podcast or a couple of hours to write a piece or to, to watch a movie, to watch a TV show. Um, I, I know that, you know, he, he said in the hospital he was watching movies. He was still doing that because that's, that's what he obviously loved to do. Yeah. And to not let kind of a, a diagnosis and an illness and, 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 you know, health problems get, get in the way of that is, is, that that's just that's who he was he he didn't clearly didn't want to be defined by this and and i guess that that meant that the news was quite surprising to some people because there was just no indication of it at all yeah he was close to getting the the transplant sort of process yeah. and i know that I, mean, I went on his facebook and i checked his last posts i don't know why i do this these things but you know um he was. He posted a picture of his with his family just like the day yeah. before, but also <laughs> the very twenty second of November was the day he passed. By the way, but yeah, which is my birthday. Oh goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that, that's the that's the thing. Like on on the day yeah that he passed, like he was still completely active. Like he had just posted. I think he tweeted that he was posting uh, watching the Mandalorian. Like. That's why it was such a, a yeah. sudden passing because it, he was just completely living that day normally, and then you know this horrible thing happened. So it was, it, to see him still be active, like he wanted to share about his family, he wanted to share about what he was watching and what he was doing in the movie space, and I suppose that showed the two aspects of his life that meant so much to him: his family and his and his movie and TV watching. Yeah. Um, and, and then to find out as well, like I knew he was he was into sports as well, but to find out there's this whole other world of Twitter that he was a part of this San Diego Padres Twitter that that I I knew nothing about, obviously, because it's, it's a completely different world, but to see 
they were also mourning as well that he meant so much to to all the people on on that side of Twitter. Just showed he was just uh, across everything. He was across movies and TV, and he was across sport. That he touched so many people in both communities to see them um, sort of mutually mourning at the same time. Yet we're two complete separate groups. Uh, just showed how much his passion went into both both sides, both sport and entertainment. That he made an impact in both, and you know, it is. It, it I think it, it's a cliche to say, but like that is that does help you sort of through it to see so, how so many others were affected by it as well, and sharing in that grief and sharing in the love that that made it made you feel a little better. Like you, that that there were so many people feeling the same way that we all were in two completely different worlds of, I suppose, fandom out there. Yeah, and I. I mean, I took a tiny little bit of comfort. I don't know if you're if you allowed in that he was watching Star Wars, you know, on, yeah, on his yeah. final day. It kind of like you could, yeah. have, you could have made it. <laughs> exactly, you know. exactly. Um, it seemed very fitting. Okay, let's go into the whole Fox merger with Disney. Uh, Honestly, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. It's just, I mean, one, it's, it's, I guess it's nice that, you know, you're going to have uh, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and Deadpool, you know, kind of play with uh, Kevin Feige in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I mean, that's all that's all going to be fun, but mm. it just feels like there, there's there's a heavy cost to that because now you're not... Now we're probably not going to see something like Widows being made. We're not going to see something like Sideways or Little Miss Sunshine or Fight Club or anything... Or something stuff that's very, that was edgy or that was very in- edgy or interesting or something that was or something something that was that has that has very very good very adult material. That's that's you know that's not I don't think I don't know how that's going to be made now under the Disney banner. So, I mean, so, some of the some of the films. I was looking at some of the films here that I liked. And I know he likes. He has a kind of type of film. Um, mm. Avengers. He was a big fan of uh, the John Wick films. Yeah, yeah. It, but he wasn't just like an action fanboy. He was kind of like he appreciated the the, the art. Like, yeah. You talk about John Wick. You talk about the, the the. I mean, I don't know which one it is, but the the fighting. Scene with the mirrors or the, yeah. the style of it, mm. um, and I love that. That's obviously Star Wars. He was a big Tarantino fan, and a lot of these films that we've kind of grew up with, he was watching them for the first time. So mm. Mm. I think even I don't know if you were on the Shining podcast, but um, yes, yeah, he'd not seen it, so he'd watched yeah. it. Yeah, uh, so on that podcast, we got his fresh take on yeah what ninety nine percent of the population have seen and, and that's something else I like that he he was watching he was experiencing the things for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good to get that fresh take. Sometimes I wish yeah. I hadn't seen everything. Because mm. I think yeah I the the rest of us had been with that movie since we'd obviously all seen it as kids and we'd watched it numerous, numerous times and we were analysing that for 
you know, deep looking for deeper meanings in in t- terms of all the symbolism and. He was just looking at it like, this is the first time I've seen it, and this is my first <laughs> thoughts. And that can be so completely different because it's like, oh, okay, that that's what you got out of it on the first take. And it's, it is always so interesting to hear from someone who hasn't watched it, you know, 20 times and, and hasn't lived with that movie for decades and, and understand, you know, see and understand every element like that. So, um, I find it hard to sleep afterwards. It just blew me away. And then watching it a second time, I'm still, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still mostly out of loss for words. I've seen this about Kubrick with stuff like Eyes Wide Shut and Full Metal Jacket. Is that I've never seen any any filmmaker that is that is this meticulous, this this committed to uh, getting exactly the shot he wants, the performance he wants, for every every inch of this film to line up. To what? To how he envisions it, and he gets it every time. But that showed his openness to to try new things and watch new things and and just just be part of it and still yet be completely passionate about whatever he was talking about. Like he could he could talk about anything. That was that made him such a great podcast guest. Is you knew he was always going to have opinions on something. He was always going to be part of the discussion. Be respectful of other people. He was, a, you know, great go-to person to have on a podcast. Yeah, he was known for his rants. I know that yeah. <laughs> back in the early days with, with Al and, and a couple of his friends, we, with Daniel, would we, be on the podcast even before you joined us. I think he, he would. Like, he was known for his rants. People would say, "Oh, here's, here's, here's his man." Uh, so we did feel, you know, podcasts on things like horror. I think we did a horror podcast. We did the last one, Tria. Um, so, so to get him on the that, we, we all had our like sort of diplomatic, very you know rehearsed opinions, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Well, you know, human centipede is fucking disgusting, uh, and this <laughs> and this is why, uh, but I, but this is what I like about it as well." Um, yeah. And last one, three, you know, you can see the monster, but you can also see the filmmaker. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the, that was always funny. So and it was always tricky to edit him. You know, because yeah, he, yeah. he would sort of trip over himself sometimes, but it it was so, some of those things he would say was so elaborate, and I'd always keep the swearing because it just made it. But, <laughs> but yeah, and it was the same when it, when it when it came to award season as well. I mean, he was very on the ball with like, and I remember talking with him. Um, I think when you when you announced that I was awards editor, that he was excited to be a part of this award season and, and was keen to get going because he was he was on the ball with all that stuff too across the predictions across all that stuff and and was was just as passionate and i suppose rant filled about certain certain things happening certain things not happening uh you were getting great reactions when they did the nominations and snubs and things and he completely understood that that part of the industry as well very very well and you know, it's just, yeah, he was really looking forward to being part of this season, given it's going to be such a long season. There was, there's so much to go that, uh, you know, that he, he was completely expecting to be part of it. And this was why this was all so unexpected because he wasn't, wasn't going to let this get, get to him and what wasn't going to let this define him, that he was still willing to be a part of everything that was happening. And here's the shit. Here's what all comes down to. What? Yes! Thank God! It got in! I'm, I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. Oh. 
superhero film got a Best Picture nomination, and I am truly surprised by this. Wow. I I am just happy about that one, guys. I really am. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a win for film. Full stop. <laughs> ah. All right. So, Roma, that's no, what? No, uh, about no. 9 or 10 for Roma right now? No. Uh, didn't, I kind of thought First Man was, I was still hoping that First Man was going to somehow sneak its way in, into Best Picture, and it was like right after, I think right after editing and a couple others that they missed the cut, it's like, yeah, that's not happening. And I think that's that's why it was such a shock to everybody, because he just, you know, I don't think he, he clearly didn't think this was, this was his time. Oh. And he made you forget that he was ill as well, because he was just yeah. his, his self. We, yeah. we 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 moan about you know I'm on about my computer. We moan about things, and it's not like it puts you into perspective. I don't want to say that cliche, but yeah, you, you forgot he was ill because he was just like yeah. get on with it. Yeah, you know, and he, you know didn't want to feel bad about. I mean, I didn't ever sort of literally forget, it, but you know what I mean. He, he was just himself. He didn't really change. He wasn't like people leave Twitter, don't they, if it gets too much. People just say I'm having some time off. It, he was just there when he could, when he could be there, and he was there. And he would, even in hospital, he would be candid, post pictures. Yeah, yeah. Say, look, I'm doing fine. Uh, there was a post on Facebook which I'm not going to read now because I will probably burst into tears. Isn't it? You know, mm. When days before, when he was saying how he was feeling, he was very candid about it. Like he took these, this medication for that. I'm doing this and that and this, and, mm. and it ended mm. on such a strong note. It was like, you know. Yeah. I, I defied me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it was it was to read stuff like that that he wrote, he wrote quite a bit, but he didn't shove it in your face to say, "Please give me sympathy." No, no. Just update. Yeah, it was never about feel sorry for me, feel bad for me. It was just I know people are interested in what's going on, and you know I think he wanted to also show that if if you know God forbid any anyone else ever goes through something similar the the way to do it is to just not let it define you and keep keep going keep keep living your life keep being active and part of the things you love don't don't let it just completely take over your life he was very determined to maintain that and you know as i said before like that's why a lot of people didn't even realize unless you like very very closely followed Every tweet and every Facebook post, you, you could genuinely not be aware that he was he was going through this because everything else he was putting out didn't let on that that was going on. Those sorts of tweets and Facebook posts would break through every now and again, but the majority of the rest of it was talking about films, talking about TV, talking about his baseball, the love of baseball, so that he wasn't completely defined by that. And it, I guess, but that was the one thing that, like, I, I guess I'd take comfort in is that. Even up to his last last day, he he wasn't letting that just completely control his life. He was still completely living, completely you know just alive in everything he was doing, and that's that's very very comforting that that he wasn't feeling like a sick person. He wasn't acting like a sick person. Yeah, it was kind of updating us, reassuring us, not just us but his friends and family. Like this is how it is. This is how I am. Yeah, you know, but I'm gonna get through it. And he was always really confident as well, because mm. uh, mm. he, he was when it first happened. I remember it was a shock when he told me 
when he first found out. And that must be a shock. It must be like... Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm dizzy just thinking about that kind of mm. diagnosis, mm. but he, he got up and he said, right, well, I'm going to do this. And, you know, his, his life was turned upside down. Um, but it's funny you mentioned about the, the, the when you were awards editor, I gave everyone titles. I know your role and Morgan's and Sarah's roles changed, but his didn't really change. You know, he was... He's been a critic writer on the site since I think 2015. I think he's been yeah. writing off and on. Or he's, yeah. been, he's been there or thereabouts. He's, the number of posts and podcasts don't reflect his input, really. But when I announced that, I said, Look, I'm going to say you're a you know, film critic. And he announced it on Twitter as if it was like, yeah, he's, he's got a new yeah. job. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's that sort of thing as well. You sort of give him something small and he makes it something big. Yeah. I wanted to say something, just calm down. And I thought, no, it, some, it is, there's a lot, there are people that we want to be like that, but do embrace this little. That, that's the one thing that, that saddens me. I, I can remember it very clearly that, that when we announced that, he was one of the first people to say congratulations. He was one of the first people to basically say, I can't wait to, to work with you on this award season. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I can't wait to see... What, how he could be involved in podcasts or writing and stuff. And he was one of the first people I thought of when, okay, who, who's going to be involved in the next, you know, four months worth of coverage? Because there's so much, there's so much time between now and Oscar night, which is unusual to, to most seasons. And he was one of the first people in my head of, I know he's going to be a part of it, whether, whether it was reacting to nominations, predictions, you know, going through the motions of all award season, I know he wanted to be a part of it. I spent, I've spent pretty much most of my, a lot of, a lot of my life in theaters. Uh, my mom took me to the theater when I was little, and it just became this love affair ever since, and there hasn't, there hasn't been a weekend where I'm not at the movies, or seeing something, or just being in a dark room, especially during the summer months where it's just the most fun. Because it's just a bunch of people. You're in. You're in a small. You're in this compact place. You're all watching the same thing. You're all excited. There's a. There's a buzz in the air about what's going to happen. How's this movie going to look like? And if you're invested in these big temple movies like I am, you know you. Uh, you just. You almost mark it on your calendar. Like okay, opening night. Like you know, preview night. Like Thursday. Thursday, seven o'clock get your tickets and, you know, enjoy yourself. So, not being, not being able to do that until, like, um, July, August, at the very late, probably at the earliest. So that's, that's going to be hard. just shows how he was looking he was looking to the future he was completely thinking about tomorrow he, he was intending to be a part of it so 
I suppose everything I do going forward with this award season will be with him in my memory and, and, and dedicated to him in a way that, that I know he wanted to be a part of it. So whatever we can do in, in his in his honour and, and, yeah. and make it a really great award season is, is kind of always going to be on my mind now. Because he, he was always going to the cinema and he was always... Yeah. yeah. On a podcast, you would say, like, so what, you got the plans for the weekend? I'm off to the cinema on Saturday. I'm going to go on Sunday yeah. and see this and I'm going to go see that with my, with my mum and my dad. Uh, yeah. All right, so you've seen four films this weekend. You know, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't get screeners. He, he, he didn't get any press. No. You know, anything like that. He didn't... I don't think he wanted it. He wasn't bothered. But he just no, went to the cinema. No. He pretty much saw every single film. And it was... Yeah. That was handy for award season. Yeah. Or generally, yeah. because... Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. You know, and that was good. Uh, it was just a... When he was at the Padres game, he was he was at the movies. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, just the, the last message he sent me... Um, well, it was thank you, my friend, because I'd said... You haven't let me down. Um, mm. Don't go the way. Mm. The most important thing is your health. Look after yourself. Hope it all works out. That was the last time we interacted, which was about a month ago. Um, mm. he, he said to me, Robin, I'm afraid I'm in hospital for complications with my um, dialysis treatment. I've been here for two days. No timetable for my release. I won't be able to turn in my uh, Halloween pieces. Uh, sorry for letting you down. And he did a, a crying face. No, so that was right at the end of October. <laughs> so it's like, Honestly, you know you don't have that's any apologies. Who it was. Yeah. That's what it was like. Yeah, yeah. this mm, mm, mm. process he had to go through. How can he possibly let anybody anybody down? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's that's another comforting thing is that when when you live a life online, there's so much there now for us. To, if we're ever thinking of him, there's so many tweets and Facebook posts and and his writing and his podcasting, like. It's basically he's just memorialized now all across the internet that, that that's going to be there forever. And I mean, he's, he's made an impact. He's left, he's left a mark, which I think he always wanted to do. He wanted to people to hear him and see him and, and know what he had to say. And he's, he's absolutely done that, you know, and I think. He can be really proud of, of the sort of legacy he leaves behind. Yeah, Jonathan, one thing you have to know about me, I am absolutely obsessed with Ryan Reynolds and Channing Tatum. You might want to see a doctor about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do like Channing Tatum. I, I, I mean, I especially love the part where he gets his head blown off in the hate play. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just when you look at the number of uh, tweets and quote tweets and replies and all across to to the to the news of his passing, it just shows that. And even now, like people are still finding that tweet now because obviously that's the problem with the tweet. If you don't see it, you may have missed it. But I'm still getting people replying to that tweet, not knowing the news and being quite quite upset, obviously. But to see that many people. We're aware of him and knew of him and had memories of him and had some sort of interaction or had heard him on a podcast or had read read an article he'd written. You know, really shows the the impact he had uh, across across the film community. So that 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 was you know some comfort and then he can hold his head up high wherever he is that that he really made a difference. I think people can learn from that as well. What you kind of say segues. Um, his, his, his attitude it, 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 was, it was a kind of aggressive but it was passion 
and his yeah. aggression and his, his his foul language and his <laughs> is like some of his opinions were so unfiltered. Mm. Never ever ever did that. In all the, I've known about six years. I don't think he's ever offended anybody. No. When you look at no. certain people, I'm not going to mention any names. We're probably guilty <laughs> of it too. Where yeah, you oh, go yeah. on Twitter and you just—it's like when you're having fun of two wild dogs. And, yes. And he was never part <laughs> of that. He was always even in, in. No. If if there was somebody offended by film Twitter or this film's going to win mm. the Oscar or this that's offensive, he, he would even chirp it, chirp, chime in with his opinion. Mm. Never looked for a fight. He never. I, I don't know how he did it, honestly. I struggle yeah. to back away from the fight. I struggle to bite my tongue, you know, and stuff like that. So that that was something and, that and people should learn from. And maybe... Particularly with the hand that he'd been dealt with this illness and everything, that could easily turn you into a very angry, bitter person that mm. you would be out there looking for fights and looking, or, or you'd be telling people like, you know, why are you complaining about this? This is what I'm going through. Or you, it could really change you into someone who was a nasty person or, you know, who was constantly angry. And he wasn't like that at all. Like that's, I honestly think that if I was hit with something like that, it would, it would turn me into that kind of person. I'd be angry at the world. I'd be angry at everybody who wasn't going through what I was going through, but moaning about, you know, they're, 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 getting a cold coffee or there being too much traffic <laughs> or something like that, you know, you'd yeah. be so willing to fight with people because you're thinking, look at what I'm going through by comparison to what you're moaning about. And yet he was not like that at all. He didn't let this change him fundamentally in terms of his character. He remained positive and he remained passionate and he remained, you know, a, a great member of the community. And that's, that's a testament to who he was. I was bored for like almost like the first almost two hours, and then when the the ship started to finally sink, it's like oh, okay, now I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got sick of uh, uh, that song really, really, fa- really quickly. And My I heart will go on. <laughs> yeah, it's just like after a while, it's like you know what? It's good. It's a fine song. But I never want. I don't want to hear it again. Yeah, I, I like it. I think so. Just, just be careful what you say. <laughs> and it's, and it's easy to say nice things about people once, once they've passed. But I'm sure we've seen yeah. when he was here, and and I'm certainly going to include a lot of snippets from certain podcasts where you can hear it for mm. yourself, the way he expresses mm. himself, the way he can use that that language he has, that that unfiltered. But mm. to make really, really good points, and he championed, you know, not just the usual stuff that he liked, but he championed and some of the writing he's done, just some of the conversations about it, things that people would perhaps would would not think of. Um, mm. Ben Affleck in Batman versus Superman, um, <laughs> you know, um, Ghost in the Shell. He didn't really like that, but he wrote about a scene in it that he thought was great. So he could say a film was not very good and still pull out something that was good good in that film. Mm, and mm, have the passion mm. for that, like it's his favourite scene. But it was totally yeah. understanding that and, and coherent in that this was not a very good film. You know, he even liked um, Kokikuchi in, um, not in Bible, which he said he, he did like that film, but in the, in that sci-fi film she was in, what was it called? Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, took my tongue. But anyway, I'll, I'll edit my voice in saying saying what that is. <laughs> um, but that like he would he would you know applaud those performances as well. I think he mm, even wrote yeah. about Will Smith in Aladdin for one of our you know halfway posts or something. <laughs> and you know that's fine. That's fine. That's quite interesting. You know, mm. appreciate that's not a great film, but for Will Smith, perhaps it was a a, a green arrow, considering what yeah. he's been doing the past what, sort of five ten years. <laughs> so that was good that he saw those things. That yeah. and I think it was it was always like he was happy to join any discussion. It wasn't just like oh, I'm just going to cherry pick the things that I I feel like I'm an expert on or the things that I'm I'm really well versed in, like, like the Shining podcast. Like that's so interesting to put your hand up for something that doesn't mean anything to you that you've never seen before but you want to get involved in like he was always so interested in in any topic whether it was something he you know had been living with for, for decades or something he was discovering for the first time that shows such a willingness to to just to just participate like he just wanted to be involved in everything you know and that's 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 exactly who you want on any team with someone that is always willing to put up their hand, regardless of whether they think they're going to be graded or not. Like he, I think he always came into those podcasts. He wasn't a person who had, you know, pages of notes or, or even written certain things they wanted to say. He just came to the podcast. He was completely off his head, off the top of his head. You know what he wanted to what he wanted to say. It sounded like came to him in the moment. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> uh, specifically, yes. Specifically, yes. 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 Um, but I think I, I love people like that because you can tell certain people on podcasts who are who are essentially reading, who are either reading notes or they're reading prepared statements and things like that, and and that's fine for certain types of podcasts. But I think we've always been the type of podcast that's just very free and loose and just speak as it comes. It's mostly just the cartoon segments, but the most famous one being, you know, zippity doodah, zippity day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. You know, here I know that song, but I've never really—I didn't realize as a child that that belonged to to that film. Oh yeah, uh, and it, it, it's strange how that's the only sort of—you know—I've seen seen that song. I've seen, and it looks like a really happy film. Oh, you know, but obviously, well, it, it it is a happy film originally. It, in, intentionally, it's supposed to be this glorious. It, you, you've seen Gone with the Wind, right? Yeah. Yes. It's supposed to be kind of like this. It's supposed to celebrate the antebellum South and show where the country was post-reconstruction. I feel it kind of whitewashes the South. It just it, mm. white, it doesn't really talk about you know Jim Crow and the fact that African Americans were still were being lynched and being harassed and had did not have their, did not have civil rights and were basically treated like shit by the white man down there. Also just the uh shock and jive of Uncle Remus. It just it, it just makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that broadness to, to him when I used to yeah, like that yeah. he was there was ums and airs. People have those in the, uh, and I know I have that when I'm speaking. I don't I don't have notes in front of him. I think mm. that comes across sometimes, but he made me feel a little bit better about that. It's something I never told yeah. him. But just editing him, thinking, oh, well, he, you know, I'm not the only one that speaks, yeah. you know, maybe not coherently. I can't find the right way sometimes. And, you know, I think I still get nervous doing the podcast. I don't know why. 
it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a strange thing. Um, I've never f- had that full confidence in it, but but I'm a brilliant editor, <laughs> you know. And it, you know, and I sound like Morgan Freeman when when the podcast goes out. Uh, so you can't live on <laughs> um, exactly. Just to touch on another thing quickly before we, I don't want to go on too long, but the the, yeah. the pieces wrote about Star Wars as well was great. He, he revisited mm. the whole the whole I think seven of them. That's right. Yeah. Some of the originals he'd not even seen. So he went back and mm. on and wrote about it. He did the same with Indiana Jones. Uh, he had not seen them, but he went back and watched them. You know, and he, and he, he got his, I'll post the links, but you, you get his raw first time he'd mm. seen Temple of Doom or The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and it's, it's great to see, like The Shining, it's great to see those opinions, like somebody who's just watched it. It's almost like asking yourself as a child, do you remember yeah. when you watched that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that was something else. That he's, you know, should he should be he should be wearing as a badass movie. I I guess my, this, the inspiration was uh, really the rise of Skywalker itself. It, mm. It's the final chapter of this expansive forty-year uh, story, and I thought, you know, it would be a great idea to kind of, you know, look back and talk about what these films mean to have meant to me. Yeah. Uh, why I love the film, why I love the film so much. Um, and just kind of really, you know, do a bit of a deep dive on um, each of these each of these movies, what works, what doesn't, uh, and and I feel like and be as open and as honest about it as I can. So that was the inspiration for it. I know I certainly appreciated that he was he was unapologetic about loving, you know, mainstream cinema because I think there's so many so many people, particularly on film Twitter, who turn their nose up at anything from a major studio or anything that has a budget bigger than a hundred million dollars or you know, that 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 you have to have this aura of I only like a certain type of movie. But he was just, you know, there's nothing wrong with loving movies that are made for the masses or movies made by the major studios or tent poles or franchise movies. He was just he loved what he loved and I think there are so many people out there who don't do that, who who will keep something hidden because they're afraid that, you know, especially film Twitter is going to judge me for loving this certain type of movie or this franchise or, or just loving major movies in general. And he was not one of those people. He just didn't, didn't care what other people thought. It was, this is what I love and, I'm, and I want to talk about it and I want to share it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, last one, Trio, Disney, Star Wars, Oscar films, Indies. I know you really like Sorry to Bother You. It was a big from a vibe. Yeah. I don't know, was that two, three years ago, I think? Mm. Get Out. There's some, uh, we, what, uh, what We Do in the Shadows, I know he was a fan of that. Yeah. yeah. Every film he really liked was different yeah. from the next. So, yeah. Avengers, yeah. obviously, liked his Avengers. And, and also, <laughs> he called it, you know, someone else we lost this year, which was Ted. Chadwick Bosman, who he wrote a piece about him about f- four yeah. years ago, you know, saying how good he was in uh, was a civil war. You know, who, who was writing that's about right. that yeah, actor yeah. then? You know, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, something that's something else I'll pause, but God rest his we lost him as well. So when I uh, linked the um, negative pieces about Wild Wild Land, like, like I'm thinking. I really wanted to respond to it, and at the last minute, I just decided to scrap it because 
I feel like it would just be like a kind of me ranting and dropping a lot of f bombs. I really didn't want that. I didn't want that piece to define what what, what I was talking about. No, I think it was it, it was quite for for you. Usually, you usually go off, go off the rails, don't you? So yeah, it was oh, a, it was quite a composed piece actually. I enjoyed reading it. Not that I don't enjoy your rants. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, and I know it's cliche, but it really does remind you that life is short and you just, you have no idea. We all have no idea how long we have here. And he really did sort of seem to live every moment. He really did embrace every moment. And he, you know, even though he was only here for a short time, I think he, he, he really lived a great life and he's made an impact. And we're all so very, very lucky to have known him, whether it was for a short time or for a long time, whether you're family or friends. I think as we've seen with all the comments and tweets and, and Facebook posts and things, he was very, very loved by a lot of people. And that, that shows the real, the real mark of a, a great man, which, which he was. Yeah. But even like the Daniels and the Steven Schweigoffers who had not spoken to him for years. Yeah, you know, almost came out of the woodwork and were like, yeah, yeah. as shocked as we were. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think um, I'm going to speak to Bianca separately. So I, I wanted her on it because obviously she was she hosted the podcast for so long. Yeah, yeah. And, and many of them I wasn't on, so she's probably got some stories as well. But absolutely, yeah. yeah what a character to have. He was the yeah, most passionate about the podcast much. as well. He's more passionate than anybody else. He's always, far, yeah. <laughs> can we do a podcast? Can we do, and, and if we'd have yeah, followed that passion, yeah. we'd be on 200 now. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of me just sitting here all depressed, at, oh, no, I don't want to, whatever is happening. Um, he, he seemed like the person that would podcast every day if we asked him to. <laughs> yeah, and he'd cancel half of them. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. But... Um, he got to see his family, you know. It was always yeah. a good reason. Mother was taking me out for dinner. Absolutely. I'm going to the yeah. cinema. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nice talking about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's sad as well. So. It helped. It definitely helps. Yeah, so. And he wanted to do another podcast as well. I, I know. He was, I know. He was bugging me. <laughs> I, and it, I, I know. I sort of feel a bit bad, you know. But I know. Um, I suppose but we do have, there's so many to go back through, so, you know, it's a shame there wasn't one one more, you'd always want one more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just, last thing I'm going to say, I spoke to his, his dad, I messaged his dad just to, you know, give my condolences and say that we were going to do something, and sort of ask, ask his permission, I suppose, yeah, if we could yeah. do something for the website, because he, were, you know, he was a big part of the community, uh, and the response I got was, um, please do. He would have loved that with all my heart. Mm. Thank you. You know, that was like, because I wasn't sure mm, if I was nice. stepping over the line or it was not my place. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was perfect for him to say that. And I'll certainly, when we, when we finished, and my wife said, like, send him some of the links, send him some yeah. of the podcasts. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he, I'm, I don't know if he did listen to him. I don't know, but I'm sure Jonathan. You know, chewed his ear off about movies, of course, and about yeah. he knew what who we were probably. So uh, and, his, and his mother as well, who we who we always yeah. spoke of fondly. So I, I think that will do. Well, yeah, I, I I spoke to one of his friends who said, um, you know, she had told his mother and shown his mother all of the tweets that everybody had sent from both 
the Padres world and from film Twitter world. So, yeah. you know, anybody listening who, you know, wasn't sure if they were just sending those tweets out into the, into the ether and no one was going to see it. No, like his family was completely aware of everything that everyone has said. So, you know, it's a, it's a huge thank you to everyone that said such lovely things about him and, and, and shared in the, the grief, but also sort of shared in the celebration of his life. And I think that you know that, that the people who knew him best and loved him the most are aware of everything you guys said. Absolutely, yeah. And John, Jonathan Holmes, not the, not the porn actor, Jonathan Hart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Calabar. Oh, no, you, you, you've got to like, you continue saying that you're not that person. I, I, get, I get made, when I was a kid, I was made fun of for, you know, my last name being being uh, being the same name as Sherlock Holmes. I got used a lot for that, but never for my, a full, <laughs> almost a, a part of my full name being resembled to a porn actor who was the inspiration for another fictitious porn actor in Boogie Nights. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I kind of don't know how to feel about that. There's a little bit of pride and... Uh, great. What I want to know is how you know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do I put... Uh, I a lot of, there's this guy on the internet called The Sunday <laughs> And he talks about John Holmes a lot, so that's how I pretty much figured out who that guy was. There's basically a lot of a lot of me sets while his mother was out. I like the way Jonathan just leaves. I love that. Right. <laughs> he just he just like has a big speech and then he's like just drops the mic and disappears. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so yeah, thanks for that. Uh...